Diego, you are one of the leading metaverse and NFT advisors leading Fortune 500 brands into Web3. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm stoked. Thanks for reaching out. And uh, it's been a minute. You know, last year I did, I think, over 70 podcasts. And, and then I got to a point that I was like, I don't have anything else to say anymore. And then I took a break now. And you were on the very first that, I, that I've joined this year. So, yeah, I'm stoked to be back. That's awesome. That's an honor. So I'm curious, Diego, how did you get into the world of Web3 and when, actually? Yeah, I've, I've been in blockchain since 2017, right? I, I, I heard about Bitcoin in 2014, but, you know, I just look at that. I was like, this is a Ponzi. There is no way. This, is, this doesn't make sense. The person that was explaining that to me was talking very from the sort of like the speculation element as well. And I'm like, nah. Right. And then I never looked back to it. And then in 2017, another person I've met started talking to me about the technology. But then he was talking about different use cases that go beyond cryptocurrencies, that go beyond, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of like the Ponzi schemes, the IPOs, the craziness. And, and he was talking about supply chain. He was talking about cloud computing. He was talking about IoT. He was talking about like big tech. And I'm not a tech guy, right? Like my, my brain doesn't operate, uh, you know, in that space. I understand technology. I understand a lot of this, but it's not what excites me. And I was kind of like more excited, but not all in. And then in, you know, in May 2021, uh, while I was at Adidas in the headquarter, uh, a brand that I spent four years with consulting as, a, as an external partner, uh, you know, people from, from the brand, friends of mine, showed me the space and, um, sort of like got me got me to see you know the power of nfts the the exciting elements of the metaverse and now for me was like that technology that i was super excited about now met culture branding storytelling where is the space that i spend my entire life at because i start working you know at 60 years age uh, of age in a in a in an agency that was doing exactly that for for gaming and for the esports industry. So I've been at Edge of Culture since since I started my career, and for me NFTs is, is you know is a, is a new way for, to be to be to be in that direction too. Yeah, awesome. Sounds sounds great. Very interesting. And now you're advising like brands like Prada, Mastercard, and so on, right? Yeah, I mean, I I I work my 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 core work is with Fortune 500 brands, right? So. I've seen the light when I was at Adidas, uh, you know, I was there not related to Web3, any of it, but because friends of mine were pushing the brand towards that direction, uh, I sort of like joined that and, 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 you know, helped that wider team to deliver uh, against what uh, happened to be into the metaverse. And then after that, there was another project that was a partnership between Adidas and Prada, uh, you know, and after that, I left and I, I went to do what I always done, which is consulting brands. I've been doing that for over a decade now. And... From there, I went to consult uh, Salesforce, Unilever, uh, Mastercard, L'Oreal, uh, you know the Volkswagen Group, uh, Porsche, Skoda, Cupra, and Shell. So those are the brands that I've been engaging with within this this last one and a half year, more or less. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Like for many people, I feel like this space is very vague, and many can't really imagine what's really behind it. So maybe you can mention the most successful metaverse project uh, you have been working on so far or advising. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what we need to do is 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 break that down differently, right? So 
one thing is is we obviously see the power of Web3 and everything, what's happening when it comes to the backbone of the evolution of the internet. And then you have, uh, you know, NFTs, cryptocurrencies, uh, you know, uh, decentralized organizations and, and different things like that as pillars within this new iteration of the internet or this new evolution of the internet, which are also standalone elements. But then on top of it, which for me is the exciting part, is the interface shift, right? So how does um, this new iteration of the internet looks like when it comes to the actual interface? And and that's where for me, uh, the metaverse come in, right? Where, that's where for me, immersive experience come in and all of that. And, and, and that's always the way I'm looking at that because, you know, you, you need to be mindful of those things operate separately, but they can, however, they don't have to uh, be pulled together to build something powerful, right? And, and I think that that's exactly what's happening. And that's why I'm excited about Web3 NFTs and, and Metaverse combined because there's so much that you can unlock there through this technology, right? So going back to your question, I think that we're we are still in, in a very early stage when it comes to uh, you know, use cases, especially for the metaverse, because what we have seen so far is platforms scrambling to build, uh, you know, quality experiences and leveraging technology in a way that makes sense. And also creating a space where people were coming to, are staying at and are coming back to, which is extremely difficult and we have seen a lot of that happening within, you know, e-commerce, which is always the classic problems, right? How do you drive traffic? How do you retain people? And how do you make them come back? And within within that, I think that it's very hard to point today a great use case of any brand or company that has leveraged uh, the metaverse, uh, you know, as, as a technology, because I don't think the metaverse is any close to what it, it, it has potential to be. Uh, and, and, you know, today is, is, is really difficult to look at something and say, this is the best. That's exactly what we should be doing. There are, you know, very small things that have happened that is exciting because show us the possibilities. But, you know, I wouldn't be able to point one and say, this is the playbook. They've done it right. Because I think it's not just a matter of what you can do. It's a matter of everything that is there to support you to do it. Right. And I think that especially when it comes to the metaverse, uh, a lot of brands and a lot of companies are shifting or trying to 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 change the narrative of gaming uh, to fit into the the new thing, which is the metaverse. Which a lot of uh, you know the brands I'm looking at and what they're doing are going to Roblox or Fortnite or 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 any of those platforms, which are essentially gaming platforms. And whoever is within those platforms are playing games. They're not saying they're in the metaverse. Uh, and saying that they are doing metaverse experience. So I think there's a lot of confusion in the market still. We are very early when it comes to technology and the use case we've seen so far are not compelling enough to call it a playbook, but there are things that have happened that is interesting and displays the power of where we had it. The other way around, where would you see the biggest failures so far in terms of NFTs and also metaverse? Yeah, again, right? Looking at separating things, I think that the metaverse we covered a lot, and I wouldn't necessarily see that as a major failure. I would say I would say that that is a early adoption of technology that is not fully fully ready and fully baked, and is being used in a manner that doesn't necessarily underpins its potential and its power. A lot of what's happening right now, and still 
you know, that happened later and still happening right now is, is the classic PR, you know, headline grabbing. Uh, let's try to do anything to say we take the box and we've done it. You know, and, and, and that's kind of like why I'm so happy that now everybody's excited about AI because that's the next shiny thing. So we can take our time and, uh, you know, keep building against that vision, keep uh, enhancing the, the quality of the platforms, keep enhancing the quality of the use case. The brands that are now wanting to do something there because they really want to are now taking their time as well to build things properly. So I think that the, if there is a failure, I think is the failure of any any cycle in innovation is that, you know, people were, were chasing high, people were chasing, you know, the headlines and, and, and that has been detrimental for our space. You know, when you use the word metaverse uh, nowadays in public or you, you, you see the headlines has become that word that has a little bit of a bitter taste. And I think that's the fault of our industry, just, you know, trying to jump too quick and, and, and make a quick buck or headlines in, in a moment where, you know, there's a lot for us to explore. Make no mistake, this is where the future is headed. There is absolutely no question about that. The next iteration and evolution of the interface of the internet is metaverse, enhanced experience, immersive experience, whatever you want to call, is a fact. Problem is, we're not ready yet, so we need to take our time and go slow. On the NFT side, I think that we, again, are, are, are seeing the first use case of uh, a new powerful technology. I think we spend way too much time looking to the Web3 space and the Web3 native community and trying to please them and trying to, uh, you know, make uh, our our work fit within their their space. And I think that has been one super exciting 2021, right? Adidas was one of the first brands that got it right. And then just, just opened the gates for many other brands to play against that playbook and also explore, which, which was very exciting. But then, you know, that was the 2022 playbook, a lot of brands doing it. You know, we've seen very, very well-known and established brands trying to uh, replicate that playbook end of last year and this year is still when we have seen the results. So I think that what's happening right now is a, is a shift on the playbook that worked before doesn't necessarily will work moving forward. We need to start shaping the the the, the new version of the that playbook. We need to start looking into the already existing audiences we have instead of trying to go in and cash grab and money grab and and grab attention as much as we can from the Web3 audience because it's a limited audience. It's a very limited audience. It's a very specific audience. And unless there is a very strong motive on why you want to go and engage and communicate with them, there is no point in doing so because you have a huge audience that you can connect with, that you can engage with, that you don't have to onboard to Web3 or teach them, but you can leverage the technology to make something much more compelling to them that, you know, that wasn't possible before. So that's that's kind of like where I think we, we are headed now. And again, I, I don't label that as failure because I, 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 I label that as, as attempts. You know, we've been attempting to use the technology in different manners. And, uh, you know, for me, the, the attempts that we've done so far were interesting. We learned a lot, but the, the, the next phase has started. And I'm really looking forward to see who are the ones that's going to build the, the, next, the next benchmarks as, you know, Adidas, Nike and other brands have done early, uh, early 2022. And, uh, you know, how those, those benchmarks look like now in 2023. Yeah, absolutely agree here with you. I feel like now we're in the phase where we had a lot of attempts, but we are getting at the point where we are looking for 
projects which really make sense and deliver value, which is more than just a BR headline. So that's a very interesting phase now. I want to talk to you about the technologies behind the metaverse as well, and especially augmented reality. Where do you see AR in like this whole web-free space? How important is augmented reality? Yeah, very good point. So if for me, if the next evolution of the interface of the internet is metaverse, is this immersive experience, it is virtual worlds, then the way we're going to get there won't be by virtual reality, right? Because if you look at virtual reality per se, the hardware is super expensive still. I understand economy of scale and it can go lower and that's fine. But the, the hardware per se hasn't evolved, uh, you know, when it comes to, to the actual... Uh, the actual outside, the actual case per se, obviously the technology has evolved incredibly, but it's still a bulky thing that you put in your eyes and shuts off the entire world around you, right? So do I think that there is power on VR and their use case? A billion percent. No doubts, right? There is a lot that can be done and there's, there's incredible things that can be done. Do I think that we will be able to bring VR to a... The same, the same level that we are mainstream with, uh, you know, the cell phone today, that's where I'm very bearish, right? That's where I don't think it's going to be the case. And that's where, for me, AR kicks in, right? Um, AR, for me, is, is going to be, you know, that, that uh, device that, in my mind, has the power to be and set itself for, to, 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 to replace the phone in the long term, to replace the way that we interact uh, with the digital world, that we interact with the virtual world, and most importantly, be that bridge that, uh, you know, shorts the distance between the physical and the digital world. Today, obviously, we have shortened a lot of that distance, and we don't say, I'm in the digital world, I'm in the physical world. So that is already culturally uh, an element that we are very comfortable with. However, there is still that feeling of an ex external device, right? You have the computer screen, you have the tablet, you have the phone. And I think that the AR has the power of being that layer in between, especially when you think about glasses or moving forward in the future about even uh, contact lenses or something like on, the, on those lines, where you will have that layer which is bridging, you know, both uh, words in front of you and you're going to be much more immersive and connected through that. So I think that that's where it's, where it's headed. I think that's a really exciting, uh, you know, new frontier and new space. I'm really excited to see what the big tech uh, brands like Samsung and Apple and, and the ones that, uh, you know, obviously um, are, the, are the biggest leaders in the market, what their moves going to be and how they're going to bring the technology to the masses. But that's, for me, a great way to see how we will be operating within this, inter this new interface, right? And when I say the, the metaverse or virtual worlds or immersive reality is the new interface of the internet, I mean, when we started the internet, the interface was text, right? So the, the V1 of the way we, connect, we communicated and connected as humans in the internet was text. You might remember ICQ, MSN Messenger, uh, text, peer text, right? We were literally just in chat rooms texting to each other. After that, the evolution was we added voice and video to it. Now we have text, we have voice, and we have video. And here we are in this interview having this conversation. 
for me now, the next frontier is we'll add another layer to that, which is the virtual world element, the 3D element, the immersive experience element. We'll have text, we have video, we have audio, but now we're going to live within those 3D words and be represented through our avatars. And that's where it's exciting. So for me, that's where, you know, uh, AR is going to play a major role, but we need to be very honest with ourselves. We are far from it. You know, we are the start and, and that's obviously exciting, but we need to keep the expectation lower, especially when we work with big brands and we talk with big brands because there's not a lot of people in there yet. The technology is not ready. The use case are not clear. So you need to be very mindful where you invest your money and what you promise to your board. And bridging the gap now from big brands to SMEs and smaller companies, we are, as you mentioned, we are obviously at the start, but how can they already start in this space today? Yeah, that's a great question because a lot of people ask me like, oh, you talk about Fortune 500 brands all the time and co is, they are huge brands, they have resources and all of it, but what is it for me, right? And, right. and, and I always find it funny because I play that, uh, the meme of the Uno card, you know, like, which is... The, the why I'm doing what I'm doing with the Fortune 500 brands is to show everyone now seeing the word that if the biggest tankers, the slowest movers, and the biggest, most bureaucratic companies in the world can innovate right now, imagine what can you do with your SaaS? What can you do with your, with your smaller company? What can you do as a startup, right? So that's, that's the Uno card, the reverse card, which is, look, they are all going there. Everybody's seeing it and they're doing, some of them are scrambling, others are doing really well. Imagine what can you do, right? So that's the idea. So the way I look at that is think about what has happened in the past to predict how you can operate in the future, right? Super simple. So Instagram, for example, and brands within social that have built natively to social or natively to Instagram specifically were the ones that, understood the new technology, understood the platform natively, understood what the people that were within this platform wanted and how they sort of like, uh, you know, on what they saw value and understood how to leverage specific parts of that technology to appeal to those, right? So the, the, the formula right now is the same. So you look at the, the technology, the platform, the ecosystem that is existing right now, you understand who is already in it, why they are in it, what do they care about, what does it matter? You know, you start from there, you start analyzing and reverse engineering all that sort of like elements of that. And then how do you go about building something natively, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of 90CC wearing the shirt today, which is, uh, you know, a fashion brand that uh, a good friend of mine, G-Money, has launched as a, a Web3 fashion brand, Web3 native fashion brand. And all what G is doing is he's literally looking to that native audience that is spending uh, their time and, and money at the edge of technology and reverse engineering. How can he create a, a brand that is truly Web3 native, right? And then every element of the brand, every pillar of the brand is underpinning that specific factor. And, you know, he's not a Fortune 500 brand, you know, and, and that's kind of like what I'm, what I'm looking at. So this is one way to go about it, which obviously is more connected to the Web3 native audience and all of that. But the other way as well is not starting with the technology. And one of the biggest problems we have right now, especially, uh, you know, in, 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 in late 2022 still, was people were trying to fit whatever they already do 
inside of this technology. And starting with the technology is the worst you can do. You rather should start with the problem, with the opportunity, with whatever you think is compelling for your business. And then see if the technology can solve it at all or not. Right. I tend to say uh, a good friend of mine, Anthony Day as well, he has a podcast that's called, uh, you know, blockchain won't save the world and uh, it's stealing from his concept. NFT won't save the world. Web3 won't save the world. Uh, Metaverse won't save the world. Right. So it's not uh, uh, sort of like a silver bullet. It's a lot connected to how do you see the opportunities, issues and, and, and problems you have within your business and how you deeply understand the tech and the space and how you think you could solve those issues in a manner that nothing else is possible for you to do with it, right? Like you've tried everything, nothing works. What about Web3? Maybe it does. And if it does, then you double down. And if it doesn't, then maybe something else. I think it's, it's very important to have that in mind as well. Those are some awesome tips, Diego. It was great talking to you. And I guess I'll see you again in this podcast. Thank you so much for being here and talk soon. <laughs>